this on, and <clears throat> we'll pray and get started. Lord, we thank you for the book of Romans. We thank you again for the many challenges and the hope that we find in it. Uh, Lord, it's such an encouraging book, um, and we uh, thank you for inspiring uh, Paul and uh, giving him the words to, to give to us. Uh, through this epistle, your name, amen. All right, so we've covered um, 11 verses in chapter 5 in four weeks. So we're going to take two more weeks to cover to the end of the chapter. I'm going to cover 12 through, or attempt to, should be able to get through it, 12 through 17 today. And Dean is going to uh, finish 18 to the end of the chapter. Uh, there is so much meat, so much going on in these verses. Um, what I want us to focus on and really acknowledge uh, today is these verses are essential verses to nail down, understand, and have a firm grasp on as a believer. Uh, if you get off on these on this area, it will change your doctrine and your theology in many places. If you change or alter what's being taught in this, and uh, Christians have um, and theologians have throughout the centuries tried to alter uh, what the meaning of verse 12 is, and um, it has totally taken them. Uh, the wrong direction of what the Bible would actually teach. So <clears throat> uh, in that, we're going to start here in verse 12, and we'll be commenting back, uh, back and forth um, up to the, what's been said already in Romans. So we'll be referring back a lot. This is obviously a continual, uh, continuous thought with Paul. He's constantly just reminding us and, and teaching us what um, what our 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 situation is in the world, and why we're in this situation, and what Christ has done to to get us out of it. Okay, so in verse twelve it says, "Therefore," obviously the word "therefore" is referring to what has been said here in chapter five. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so that death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Alright, and so this is a huge statement made by Paul. It's a very important statement for us to fully uh, comprehend. Okay? Without the comprehension of this, we miss a lot in our... Um, our Bible study and our understanding of, of sin and depravity, okay? And so, therefore, just as through one man's sin, okay, who is the one man? Do we know? Adam, okay? Through just through the one man's sin, Adam. So we're just going to refresh our mind quickly 
here and read Genesis 3, 1 through 7. So if someone wanted to refresh us on what happened here um, with Adam and the fall, uh, we're going to do that just real quickly so we understand uh, what's being uh, referenced here by Paul. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Mike? Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden you may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband um, with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves one coat. Okay, so this is the original. You grab her a paper. Right here, right. She's <laughs> You can grab my tomatoes. We have a whole bunch of tomatoes in the house. I'll grab them for next week. All right, so. Um, Adam's sin. What was Adam's sin? Men, it wasn't listening to his wife. That wasn't his sin, all right? He well, wasn't correcting her either. He stood there and... Adam's sin was he ate of the fruit. Now, Adam was the, the leader, the, the, uh, the one, you know, that God had... Given the the authority to in in um, as far as the the head or the charge, and um, he ate of the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Okay, and so this was the original what we call as uh, uh, theologians and as as what we would say in scripture is what the original sin. Okay, this is the first. Original sin is the first sin recorded in Scripture. Yes, ma'am. Is this why men don't listen to their wives? Because of sin? Yes. Yes, they... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going down that road. You're going to... You try, my wife right here, trying to get me in trouble. Joe, she's a troublemaker, I tell you what. No. So there's obviously all kinds. And we're going to really dive into chapter verse 12. Seems simple, but there's a lot in verse 12 and what's being said here. So just through one man's sin, the sin of disobedience to God and eating of the fruit. Okay. Sin entered the world. Okay. So before Adam's sin, before that he ate of this forbidden fruit with his wife, before that, they lived in a utopia, a perfect world. There was no sin. They had access to God. They walked with God in the garden, right? It was, it was the perfect 
a situation for mankind. Um, they, they just, uh, the weather was perfect, the food was perfect, everything that they had, there was no fear of animals, no, nothing, no, no fear of disease. It was a perfect, beautiful place. All right, and um, sin from disobedience entered the world, okay? And as a result of sin, okay? So the, 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 um, your heading up there says the result of Adam's sin on humanity. And we read the verse there. Um, all of humanity is under sin. That is your blank there. All humanity is under sin. So Psalms 51 and verse 5. Psalms 51 and verse 5. So we want to grab that real quick. The other ones are here in Romans, so we can turn there quickly. Uh, there's several that talk about sin, but this one talks about sin comes into our life, into humanity from before birth. Before birth. Okay? So Psalms 51 and verse 5 says, what? Who's got it? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived. Okay, so... David here, this is a psalm of repentance, and he's talking about how he was conceived in sin, all right? And this doesn't mean that his mother and father were uh, sinning necessarily. This is referring to when he was conceived, sin was already in him, okay? So this is an important understanding. What... Other people would like to um, bring out in this verse is that what we believe is we are under the curse of sin because of Adam's original sin. And that is passed to us and we cannot get out from under it. And all that we can do is sin because of the nature that is given to us by the fall of Adam. We are under the curse of sin um, because of Adam's sin. So we are, there's no way out of it. There's no way for us to, to live better and, and somehow escape the curse of sin. Okay? Some have taught uh, in, in, in other uh, circles and other uh, uh, um, years, um, many years ago, there was teachings that would teach that Adam sinned and uh, we could live under his example. And, or we live under his example, but it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to follow his example. So Adam sinned and, and gave us an example, but we don't have to necessarily follow that example. We can choose to follow God. Well, that would not be an accurate teaching of the Word of God. The Word of God says that we are under the curse of sin and all we can do. You look back at Romans, uh, and I, I constantly refer back to Romans 3 when we talk about sin. 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understand. There is none that seek for God. There is none that seek for God. 
They have all turned aside. Uh, they have become useless. There is none who do good. They're not even one. Okay? This is the situation that man has found himself in because of Adam's sin. So think... Yes, ma'am. Because it's the man who is the, the lead. So, and, and scripture talks about the reason why there are role, roles for men and women. And the woman was deceived first. And so it talks about that. And God set up rule or a, a, a hierarchy, if, you would, if you'd say. Men and women are equal in the sight of God as far as salvation goes. As far as uh, our play on human level, we are, I'm equal with my wife as, as far as God's eyes go. But God did set up a, a uh, rule of how life should run. And part of that is because of the fall. The woman was deceived first, but the sin is blamed on the man because he's the leader. And it's, it's, he, was, he was the one that was given... The, the instructions not to eat. And he didn't teach his wife. He didn't instruct his wife. And he allowed that to go on. And so uh, just as uh, any leader, um, you know, when you're, when you're the coach of a football game, right, and the team loses, who's blamed? The coach, right? He's the leader. He's the one in charge. The coach is the one that's blamed. And so that's kind of the idea. Man... Uh, in, in the sense of male uh, here is the one that is blamed for the original sin. Plus, Scripture says it. Scripture blames Adam. But those are the reasons. It's because God gave Adam the, the, the instruction not to eat of the fruit. And uh, the woman was deceived, but ultimately it was still man's fault for taking of the fruit. Does that explain that? Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> now, sin is entered into the whole world. We see that, we see that in Romans 3, in verse uh, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, verse 23. For all. That word all means all. Okay, when we see that in Romans, typically it means every person. So for all have sinned. And then Romans, and we'll get here next week, but Romans uh, 5 and verse 18a uh, says, uh, So then as through the one transgression, transgression, the result condemnation to all men. Okay, so all have, or all are under the condemnation of sin because we all have sin. So because of Adam's sin, we all sin. And I'm going to give you an analogy here. Uh, in just a second that, that will kind of tie this together. But your second one there, all humanity is under death. Under death. Okay? That's your blank. Just as through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin. So what does that tell us about the Garden of Eden and before Adam sinned? If Adam hadn't sinned, we would still be able to talk to Adam today because Adam would still be alive and so would everyone uh, on the earth because uh, there would be no death. 
humanity, animals, everyone, tree, there would be no, nothing would die. Um, and so uh, the, the result or the consequence of sin is death. And there's three different deaths that is a consequence of sin. Three different, okay? So when we understand the gravity of what has taken place in the Garden of Eden with Adam on humanity, um, I want to make sure that we really grasp the gravity of humanity. That we have, or we are all under sin, and because of that sin, we are all condemned to death. All right? So the first one there is death is spiritual. Okay? Death is a spiritual death. Okay? Um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 1 states this. Someone want to grab Ephesians 2 and verse number 1. Okay, so the, the idea Ephesians is giving or Paul is giving in Ephesians is that your spirit is dead in your trespasses and sins. It is not alive. And because of that, you cannot, you do not have the ability to seek, to, to seek after God. Now, some would teach that we are not dead in our sins so that we would have the ability to choose God. And that is, Arminian, in, our Arminian would teach that. The thought of we have the ability to choose God. And I don't want to overbelay that because we've talked about that already. And it, it goes through this several times in the book of Romans. But we want to make sure we understand the point that Scripture teaches we are spiritually dead because of Adam's sin. Spiritually dead. We are born dead. Spiritually. And that is why Jesus in John chapter 3 talks to Nicodemus and says to him what? You must be born again. Why? Because the second born again is a born to life. We are born to death the first time when... when um, when you are with child and that child is born, that child is born into death. And it has to be born again to be brought into life. And that's getting ahead. But that's, that's where this train of thought is going. Okay? The second death is a physical death. Okay? We are physically dead because of sin. And we see that now... Um, when it says that in Genesis where Abraham, or I mean Adam died, it wasn't immediate death because Adam lived for 900 years. Um, it was, he was going to die. His body began the process of dying. So when you're born, you begin the process of dying. Okay? And that, that's the result of sin. Hebrews 9.27 Hebrews 9.27 speaks to the idea of uh, we are physically going to die. Um, and we're going to we're going to this all kind of ties in. So I'm going to 
um, come back and touch on that physical death here in just a minute. So we'll, we'll come back to that. And then the, the third death that Scripture mentions because the result of sin is eternal death. Eternal death. Revelations 20, 14, and 15. Someone want to grab Revelations 20, 14, and 15. And this speaks to the death that happens to someone who has physically died and now faces the final judgment of death. Okay, Revelations 20, 14, and 15. Okay. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, so anyone not found in the book of life, remember... What were we born into? Death. Right? We are born into sin. We are born into death. And if you are not written into the book of life, which we find in Christ, uh, you'll be cast into uh, the lake of fire, which is the second death. Uh, and the, uh, the result, again, of Adam's sin passed upon to us and our sinful nature is, gives us those three deaths. Okay? So this is what had this is the curse on humanity because of the fall. This is the status that a humanity is living in. We are spiritually dead, we are physically dying, and ultimately without Christ we will be punished for eternity because of our fall. And this is Again, the reason why several times here in Romans it talks about the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed upon humanity in this way. Okay? So any, uh, the, the it, verse 12, we'll read it one more time here. Just as through one man's sin entered into the world, uh, Adam's sin causes the whole world to go into a tailspin and death through sin. So death has come as a result of sin. And so death spread to all men. There is none that escape it outside of the hand of God because all have sinned. Now in your Bible, you might have this long line. You guys have a long, you have a line after the, the word sin there in verse 12. Okay, that's there. Um, it took me some time to research this. So this is, there should be a continual thought there. There should be a, like an end to the thought. And Paul, which is normal for Paul, breaks his train of thought here and doesn't pick it up until, until verse 18 and 19. Okay. <laughs> so he has, uh, as one of the men that I was listening to, he has some, some, um, Quotations or some, um, yeah, parentheses. There you go. He has a parentheses around 13 to 15, okay? And within sight of, of that, he also has another set of those between 15 and 17, okay? So there's, <laughs> he, he kind of breaks thought here. It's staying within the same, but he wants to explain. He wants to expound. He wants you to really have a full understanding of what's going on and so that there's no questions left out. 
Okay. I want to, uh, so we'll, we'll get into that. So that's coming down to verses 13 and 14. We're going to spend a little bit of time there. Is there any other questions? And we can, we'll come back up to 12 here in just a minute. But is there any other questions or thoughts on verse 12 uh, that, we've, that we've gone over? Pretty clear, but essential teaching to the Christian faith is to understand where we all came from which was death from Adam, okay? And the reason why Adam's mentioned here is there's going to be a parallel given uh, between uh, Adam and Jesus, okay? So verse 13 says, for until the law, okay, this is the law of Moses, sin was in the world, okay? So sin was in the world, uh, without the law there, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Okay? Make sense? It took me a long time to figure out what this was saying to where I could explain it well because when you look at it, it says, until the law, there, there, um, until the law, Sin was in the world, okay? So we know that because Adam sinned um, before the law was there. But sin is not imputed. What does the word imputed mean? Okay? It means credit to one's account or charge to one's account. So sin is not charged to someone's account. Uh, let me see where I'm at. Uh, when there is no law. What is that? What is, what is uh, Paul trying to, uh, to get us to understand here? He's saying that you can't get a ticket for speeding until there's a law telling you what speeding is. Right. So how do we know we're sinning if there's no law? Right? And so was man condemned uh, before the law for his sin? No. Okay. Now there's, there's some people that differ a little bit here on this. Okay. And, and I understand both sides. But with, with reading what here Paul says, man is not charged with his sin before the law. Okay. Now one teacher says, well, the law was written on everyone's heart. Right. And we, and we see that here in Romans. Romans uh, chapter uh, three and, or chapter four talks about that, and chapter two actually, sorry, chapter two talks about that um, in verse fourteen. Uh, For when the Gentiles who did not have the law did instinctively the things that the things of the law, these have not uh, uh, not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they showed the works of the law written on their Hearts, okay, and so some would say, well, the law was written on their hearts, so they knew what was right and wrong. I don't believe that's necessarily what Paul is teaching here. I believe that Paul is saying we were not charged with sin because we didn't know. Just like you can't charge um, when 
uh, Jan gives birth here not too long from now and her baby comes out, she's not going to charge that child for quite a while with any kind of sin because it has no understanding of sin. Okay, and so how do you charge something with sin when they don't understand what it is, right? And so if we didn't have laws, and he, he, he gets to that point here uh, in verse 14. But I want us to understand what he's saying here is until the law, sin was in the world. The original sin was in the world. And this is where we're going to get back to verse 12 in, in thought process. And, and, and back to the, the physical death as well uh, that we talked about. Sin was in the world because of Adam. And we were all in Adam. And because we were all in Adam and we were conceived and sin is in us, in our nature... We are condemned at that point. Does that make sense? Whether you understand you're sinning or not, you are condemned because of the nature of sin that you're given from Adam. I have some blank stares. So help me make sure I'm making sense to you. Okay. If I'm not, please ask me or please ask me to clarify more. The sin that it's referring to is Adam's original sin. Okay? We are not held accountable to the sins that we committed before the law because we didn't know them. But we are held accountable under the curse of sin given to us by Adam. Yes? So those in the jungle Okay, I, I know exactly where you're going, okay? And I can, I can give you an answer for that in just a second. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 says, Since, uh, let me see, back up to verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. This is all humanity. Okay, this isn't this isn't God making the distinction about people living in the jungle and people living in the city. Okay, this is all humanity. For since the creation of the world. Um, his uh, invisible attributes, has eternal power, um, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So no one in humanity has excuse when they get to heaven and say, God, I didn't know. God made it evident through creation and through his powers and God revealed himself enough that no man has an excuse. Okay? That's what scripture says. I understand. I'll quit. <laughs> okay? I can keep going. <laughs> well, that's good. And, and, you know, come after class and we'll, I'll, ask, I'll answer more questions for you. Okay? Um, so... We are charged with the original sin. Now, I, what I want you to kind of picture here is picture we're all on all humanity, the entire humanity race, those that have been born and haven't been born. 
imagine we're all on a bus and Adam is driving the bus, okay? And Adam drove the bus off the cliff and plunged it 10,000 feet down in a ravine and all humanity went with him. That is the picture. No one was able to jump out. No one was able to say, oh, he's going off the cliff. I'm jumping out the window. All humanity were on the bus and went down the ravine with Adam and crashed at the bottom and died. Electric? No, that was gas powered. Okay. <clears throat> so we do know that scripture talks about cars in the Bible, right? In the, in the gospel. Says that all the disciples left in one accord. Okay, there's your corny joke for today. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're going to get there just the next verse. So it'll answer that. Okay. So all what I want you to understand though, verse uh, 13 is picturing here is sin was in the world because Adam sinned. Although humanity didn't have a set of rules. Did Adam? Adam had one, right? Don't eat of the fruit of the tree. Okay. So Adam was given that, but humanity wasn't given a set of rules to live by. So how do we supposed to know how to live if we're not given that set of rules. And um, we know within our hearts, you know, to a point what is right and wrong. But how do our children know what's right and wrong? They learn from their parents. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's why children across the board have different rights and wrongs. Why? Because the parents teach them different things. You go to one house and their parents teach that it's perfectly okay to watch horrif horrifying, wicked movies. And it's fine. That's what they understand of right and wrong. And you have other households that don't allow you to watch any kind of movie. And they, and they determine their right and wrong based upon their parents, based upon the rules set up in the house. Okay? And so without rules, then you, you leave a child to itself and uh, they are going to naturally do what's against the law. Uh, and what's against God's nature, even though they don't know that it's against God's nature. Okay? And so, for until the law, sin was in the world. So it was there. It was evident by the fall of Adam. Um, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Okay? So it's not charged to them. But the reason why uh, verse 14 clarifies some stuff. Because if we just left 13, this is why it's important not to read one verse and pull it out of context because you could pull verse 14 or 13 out of context and say, see, I'm not accountable for my sins and drop the mic and walk away. Right? No, we have to continue to read. Uh, nevertheless, so based upon what he just said in 13, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam. Okay, and we'll stop there for right now. So, nevertheless, death reigned. Nevertheless, death. What is the, what is the result of sin? 
death. Okay? So death reigned from Adam until Moses. That didn't mean it stopped. It just, it's giving you a period of time. The result of sin was evident between Adam and Moses where there was no law. There was no law given, but uh, death was still there because of the original sin. Man was still under the curse of the law. All right. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to argue that men didn't know what was right and wrong uh, in their hearts. Um, but there was no law to tell them what was right and wrong um, and a specific point. And Paul gets to that at the end here of verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned, on at, uh, reigned from Adam till Moses. Okay, so there was death before the law is what that is trying to picture. Even through, uh, even, uh, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam. What is that referring to? Adam's sin was, he, he sinned based on a commandment, right? Thou shalt not eat of the fruit of the tree. Okay, so we didn't sin in the same likeness because we didn't have a law not to sin by. Does that make sense? We couldn't get in. We, we couldn't sin in the same way that Adam did because we could no longer get into the, the garden of Eden and eat of the fruit. So that command from God no longer was in effect because no one could go into the garden. And so Adam's original sin of disobedience was a direct command from God. Okay? And so we didn't sin in the same likeness is what the verse is saying, the same likeness of the offense of Adam. But we are still held accountable for the sins that we commit because of our nature. Because of our nature. And when it says death reigns from Adam until now, that the reason if you've ever wondered why is there infant deaths? It's because of sin of Adam is upon humanity. We are destined to die from birth. And when an infant dies, it's tragic, but it's a result of, of Adam's sin in our life. Okay? It, it's, it is a tragic event in history, and it sets off the Bible. Okay, the Bible is very, had very short period of time where things were great. And then Adam derailed us and took us off the cliff 10,000 feet down and crashed and burned and set humanity in a course of enmity and wrath of God upon our lives. That is what Paul is driving us to understand, that Basically, his whole message here in 12, 13, and uh, the, the most of 14 is, man is pretty destitute and hopeless. We have no hope. We are without any ability in and of ourselves. We're dead because of Adam. All right. And then there becomes a shining light um, here at the end of the, the verse 14. Um, it says, 
Well, I'll just read the verse. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness. So it didn't sin with a command. Okay, that death still was upon them uh, in the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who is to come. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the, the type of him that's to come. Okay. Um, some statements that I made here, make sure you understand them uh, under 14 and 15. We are charged with sin, not because of sin, but because of our sin nature. That's what, that's what he, Paul is getting at there. We're not charged with sin. Now, after the law, we are charged with, with our sin because the law tells us what, what our sin is. But before that, we are charged with sin because of our sin nature. The nature of our sin, it comes from Adam. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. Do we understand what that phrase is getting at? We are not, we are not sinners because we sin. Because if you were to say we're sinners because we're sin, because we sin, that means if we stop sinning, we would cease to be sinners. No, that, that, that's not what the scripture teaches. We sin because we're sinners, because it's in our nature to sin. That is what we are bent to do is we are bent to figure out what to do wrong, not to do what's right. So the reason we sin is because we're sinners. We are under, uh, we are all under the curse of sin, which is death. Okay? It's imputed to us. It's given to us because of death. Imputation, what an amazing uh, doctrine in scripture. Okay? Adam's sin was imputed to us, credited to our account. Thanks, Adam. And when we sit back and say, well, way to go, Adam. Way to start us all off on the right foot. We, none of us have the ability to sit in here and say that because if we were in the same position, we would have made the same choice. Okay, we're not, we're not, we're not better than Adam. Okay. But imputation, the understanding, and this is the doctrine of imputation, is that Adam's sin is imputed to us, charged to our account. Okay? We are uh, held to the account of, uh, uh, that he has given. It's held to our account. Okay? That, that is one part of the doctrine of the imputation. Now, the second is a much greater, okay? Verse um, number 15 and through 17. Is there any follow-up questions um, uh, on those two verses? Sometimes these are kind of dense and thick. There's a lot of great meaning in them, but sometimes uh, they can be difficult to fully comprehend and understand. So... Do we feel like today we have a good grasp of what 12, 13, and 14 is talking about? Okay. We, are, we sin because of Adam, and we are 
going to die because of Adam. And it doesn't matter if you knew that you were sinning or not. Because of your nature, because we are sinners by nature, we are uh, condemned to death. Okay? That's, that's not fair. Sure it is. Because God never does anything that's unfair. All right? Well, who, who was before Moses? Do we know? Abraham. Abraham. And Abraham was what? What did we, what did we learn in chapter 4? So salvation, salvation from the time of Adam to the time of now is all the same. It's all on faith and, and, and God gives. It's the gift of God. Okay? So what, what do we see from Abraham? Right? Um, Abraham, we, we basically most of chapter number four. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but uh, not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. So that is how you, you it's a belief in God. Okay? which was given to him by God. And that is where there's theologians and arguments out there of how that all works. And we're actually going to get into that as we get farther into the book of, of, of Romans. But God. It's the same way. I was going to say, like, God communicated with man differently then than he communicates now. We have it written where the God audibly right yeah it's the same understanding i mean this is god's audible word written to us he spoke to them audibly but at the same the the same way we're saved now the only way roy is saved is that god does a work in roy's heart it's not because you read this and said oh i get that i believe no you read it. God did a work in your heart to understand it and brought you to life in the same way he did with Abraham. He, God gave him the faith to become righteous. And he believed. Okay? It's all based upon God, not based upon us. Even thinking about Noah, like in the commands or whatever. Noah or Moses? Noah. Because he was before Moses. Um. Uh, Noah found favor in God's sight, and God gave him a specific command. And when we read these terms like Noah found favor in the sight of God, it wasn't Noah, okay? It wasn't Noah. God did something in Noah. We see David was a man after God's own heart. God made David a man after God. It wasn't David had some greater spiritual understanding than we have it's all a work of god it's not a work of humanity and there, there's beliefs out there that want to credit the the men for what god has done and we want to be very careful that we don't credit to the account of man what god has done because that would give the man something to boast upon yeah 
our natural tendency to boast and, and, and give credit to someone. And, 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 you know, there's times where that's important and necessary. But when it comes to the account of salvation and, and what God specifically does in the life of humans, uh, we want to make sure that we recognize that God is the one that's doing the work. Okay? All right, so now we're going to get through 15 through 17. There's a... <laughs> There's some phraseologies in here, and you've really got to, I, I read it probably 30 times, all right? And, and so you've, you've got to kind of read it and pay attention to what it's saying, all right? So verse number 15, but the free gift, okay? We're going to stop right there and just quickly, what are the free gifts? You've got five blanks there. What are the free gifts that God is referring to? First one is? Peace with God. The second one is access to God. We just went over this, okay? What is the third? What, what is, it's, it's just up in your, your passage there. The beginning part of chapter five. We have peace with God. We have access to God. We have what? Hope in God. She's cheating. That's good. That's all right. You have, that's why you give you papers. We have the what? Love of God. And God gives us his... Holy Spirit, okay? So when Paul refers to, but the free gift, it's referring to justification and these free gifts that are given to us, is not like the transgression. All right, the word transgression here is used instead of the word sin, the word transgression is a derailing. It is to walk off the path. It is to stumble and fall, okay? It is not like the free gift is not like the transgression for if by the transgression of the one man, Adam, many died. Okay, for if by the transgression of the one, the many died, that's referring to humanity died. This word I have encircled in my Bible much more. Did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. Okay, so the contrast that Paul is giving here, a complete or a, a comparison between Adam and Christ. Okay, in Adam, we have what? Death. In Christ, we have grace. Okay, we have grace in verse 15. Uh, much more did grace, did the grace of God. Now, the word much more here is very important. <clears throat> it's not only that we were forgiven. Okay, so let's think of sin as a, as a debt that we owe to God. We are in debt to God because of our sin. And if we are forgiven for the sin, what does that do? It puts us on an e it puts us back to zero. But we cannot get to eternity with God just on zero. We have to have more than just uh, the, the starting place of Adam. Okay, it gets us back to where Adam started. Okay, Adam took us off that 10,000 foot cliff 
and Jesus forgives us, it brings us back up to where Adam started and drove us off. But we need more than that to obtain salvation. Because without more than the forgiveness, what are we going to do? We're going to drive ourselves back off the cliff. And he'll have to forgive us. And it's just a constant. And, and that's, what, that's what so many religions out there teach, right? You need to be forgiven. And then you need to do all these things so that you don't drive yourself off the cliff again. And you're constantly driving off the cliff and then having to get hoisted back up. And that's the idea. But Paul says here, much more than just the transgression, grace... The, uh, much more did the grace of God and the gift by which grace of the man with Jesus Christ abound to the many. What is the much more that he's referring to? It's the righteousness of God. Okay, and we'll see that here in verse 17. But in verse 16, there's two more. Okay, Adam, we, in Adam we have what? What does verse 16 say we have in Adam? Condemnation, right? And the gift is not like that which is come through the one who sins. For, in, for, on the one, for on the one hand, the judgment arises from the transgression resulting in condemnation. So uh, what we have in Adam is condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from, uh, from many transgressions resulting in justification. So in Christ, we are justified. We are made right. We are forgiven uh, and, and made right. That, that's what the two are there. So in Adam, we are condemned. In Christ, we are justified all right and then verse 17 concluding for the day for if by the transgression of one death reigned through the one much more he says it again those who have received the abundance the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And so uh, in Adam we have death. In Christ we have life and righteousness. We have death again. That's the mm -hmm. Yeah, because in verse 17 it says, uh, For if the transgression of the one death reigned. We have death. We're, it's, it's all. Adam caused the, the severity of death. Death is a major part of the humanity and, and what we talked about because it's a spiritual, physical, and eternal death. Paul is driving that home. It's a hopeless situation. Hopeless situation. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So understand the much more is that gift of righteousness. So justification is just as if we'd never sinned. It's that washing away. It's that getting us up from that 10,000 foot cliff and setting us back up on an even playing field. And then God gives us the gift of righteousness. He gives us that gift of righteousness. And that gift of righteousness through grace 
is what enables us not to fall. But the gift of the Holy Spirit through justification, it keeps us. And it adds the extra to our account, which will allow us uh, to, to obtain uh, eternity with God and not fall uh, into the eternal death. And we have life, okay, reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So when we understand there are two major th- thoughts here, one, all humanity is under the sin of Adam and condemned to death. And under Christ, we have grace, justification, righteousness, and life. And that is what we have obtained through, uh, through Christ. And so Paul, again, belabors the point of where humanity was. And without understanding our condition of how destitute we were, we will never fully appreciate and understand the magnitude of justification. Justification is such a cornerstone of our belief. And that is what Paul continues to drive home in this section in chapter 5, is that we are justified because of His grace. And we are given life. Where once we were dead, we are now alive in Christ because of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, any questions? We have a few minutes still. Any questions? I was reading or comments? the word condemned and justified. And sometimes I don't know. So I was thinking, we're declared as condemned, we're declared guilty, and then I just looked up the definition and it's a sentence to a particular punishment, especially death. So being condemned versus justified, where we're declared guilty and sentenced to death in condemnation or being condemned, and justified, we're declared righteous and we're then sentenced to life. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. That. What we have in Christ as believers is um, amazing, beyond comprehensible. Um, what those that are in Adam, the type, the, the picture that's given between Adam and Jesus is uh, humanity is affected by both. All of humanity is affected by both, right? All of humanity was affected by Adam. All of humanity is affected by Christ in one way or another. And, and that's where the type. So the type is not a full type as far as everything that's believed, you know, the same. But, okay, well, it is time for us to end. So we'll pray and uh, we'll continue that study next week. Lord, we thank you again for being our hope, being our, our joy, and being our justification, and that we have life in you, and we no longer fear death. And Lord, we thank you for that. We love you.
pray that we would glorify your name today. In your name, amen.